Stay hungry, stay foolish. So now on the Innovation Show, it's a great pleasure to welcome Shane Riley, co-founder of Moye Coffee. Welcome to the show, Shane. Hi, Aidan. How you doing? Great to have you on the show. I'd love to hear your story. We're going to talk about how you are the first coffee company in the world to use blockchain to solve problems around coffee, suppliers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But before we get there, it'd be great to hear your story of Moye Coffee. Yeah, sure, Aidan. So... I suppose myself and Killian Stokes brought Moi to Ireland. I'd been traveling in, in South America, in Peru and Bolivia, and Killian had been traveling in, in Ethiopia and Uganda at a, at a similar time. And we'd both seen the problem with coffee in the coffee industry. I'd been hiking through coffee forest and seeing the poverty of people there. But at the same time, with all the amazing coffee they were growing, you could only ever get Nestle instant coffee. That kind of stayed with me. And... When I came back to Ireland, I took a course in the UCD Innovation Academy in Entrepreneurship and Innovation and had been looking at uh, various kind of social enterprise approaches to the coffee industry and had met Killian. And we came across Moi, which had been set up by a Dutch social entrepreneur, and they'd been doing things completely differently. They'd been they built a roastery um, in Ethiopia. They were very much based around the concept of shared value. And we knew we could be on to a winner in terms of impact and quality. So decided to bring this concept to Ireland. How did that work for you? So you were lucky in a way that it was an existing company, but you still had a lot of work to do. So tell us a little bit about that journey. I, I suppose myself and Killian, we, we, we started looking into the coffee market here in Ireland last summer. So while it was a pre-existing company in the Netherlands and the, had the roastery in, in Addis Ababa, they're not that far along themselves. They'd be operating about four years and had had somewhat of a blueprint for us to follow. But we still had to really do a lot of hard yards in learning about our, our, our main channels. I suppose the coffee industry is, is, is so many channels in one. Um, you can get very easily distracted. But our, our main focus really is coffee at work solutions and looking at uh, retail. So the coffee at work in particular, I think, has a lot of very steep learning curve. There's a lot of very well-known competitors in, in that market. Some of them have George Clooney on their books. You really have to put in the effort, learn a lot about it, get the service stuff right before you can even talk about the quality of your coffee and the impact it has. Nice, man. Well, if you're looking for a, a poor man's George Clooney, I'll send you a few photos, man, and you, we can see what we can uh, muster up. But it'd be great to hear your story because you're just back from Ethiopia where you saw I suppose with different eyes I know you you were off traveling before and you saw the impact of coffee and and I suppose both the good and bad of coffee when you were traveling but now you saw it through a different set of lenses because you went there as a business owner and a business distributor of coffee so it'd be great to hear what you saw this time as compared to the last time yeah completely I mean I talked about it for a year I suppose and it's the number one question everyone asks you when you're we do a lot of office tastings and demos to, to talk about our, our fair chain concept. And people always ask, oh, have you been there? So it was great to, to get over to see. But at the same time, it was a, same time, it was a real eye opener. So we, we arrived, we flew down to the Jima region, the Oromia region in, in Ethiopia. Um, we arrived at a coffee washing station after a four hour drive. We probably hadn't slept in about 24 hours. And 
the 300 uh, farmers who bring their coffee cherries to the coffee washing station were just arriving with coffee cherries and large sacks on the back of donkeys, an open top truck pulled up, what must have been 150 people got off, uh, all with coffee cherries. And their coffee cherry is, is red, ripe uh, color when it's, when, it's, when it's ready to go. They started laying them out, picking out the unripe cherries. So to see even that start of the process is incredible. It's an incredibly green and lush landscape. The coffee grows at about 1,800 meters above sea level beside fruit trees in, in forests. So it's a really diverse, amazing landscape. But at the same time, it is, it is a very poor region coffee harvest season because from about September to now, the end of December, the coffee farmers bring kilos of cherries to the coffee washing stations to be processed uh, every day. They have to be processed that day or the beans would start to ferment and they're no good anymore. But the money they earn from those coffee cherries, that's the, the only money they'll earn in the year. The rest of the time they have to rely on subsistence farming and on barter. And so a coffee farmer in Ethiopia, even with the 20% fair chain premium that, that we pay, would still only earn about 450 euro a year. When they consider international standards for living wage, farmers really would want to be earning about a thousand euro per year to be getting towards paying for their kids to go to school, to afford even you know more basics than that. So that was a bit of an eye opener for us, I think. So tell us, Shane, then, when we drink our cup of coffee, we see the barista putting it into the machine, making it, etc. But what goes behind it? Because the exploitation side of things. So let's talk about the dark side here because stuff that you know that goes wrong that a lot of us who drink coffee might not know. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Because that will frame, I suppose, the solution that you have seen with blockchain. But what are we solving? I mean, it was actually really interesting in listening to your, your interview with Don Tapscott uh, recently because, he, I mean, I think he said at one stage, the people who create value in our economy aren't fairly compensated and, you know, we talked about blockchain having a role in the Internet of Value and coffee is the largest unautomated industry in the world. And um, they talk about about 100 pairs of hands contribute to your cup of coffee. The big problem with coffee is over the last 30 years, the price has been increasing. Uh, as you go in to get your cappuccino, the, the price has steadily gone up towards four euro nearly. At the same time, the amount going back to developing countries like Ethiopia has been squeezed so much so that only about 15% of the value of a bag of coffee is currently going back to Ethiopia. So the major problem for, for Ethiopia is that it's still being traded as a commodity. Farmers are relying on a commodity price that changes year to year. So even with great initiatives like fair trade, they're still only getting a premium on, on a very small amount. And then the far bigger problem with, we're trying to solve in Moyi is that unless you're roasting packaging, doing the value add in countries like Ethiopia, they're never going to develop the industries they need to, to get out of poverty and, and to trade their way out of it. Um, we're very much in favor of trade over aid, not to get too detailed in figures, but Ethiopia is, is Africa's biggest coffee exporter. About 20 million people rely on it for a living, yet they only make about 800 million a year from coffee. They get 3 billion in aid at the same time. And if they roasted all of their coffee there, if they added all of that value and all of that brand in Ethiopia, they'd make 2.7 billion. And I think this is something blockchain can have a real role in, in, in opening up a very murky supply chain. The difference is enormous when you add more value and show where that value is being added along the coffee chain. Shane, just to explain that a little bit better, you know this, we wouldn't know this. So 
what you're doing with Moi is actually creating an infrastructure, an ecosystem for the coffee to be root to the fruit and to the to actually be ground on site in Ethiopia. Is that what you do? There's a real movement on food provenance and from farm to fork. We talk about from bean to bag. So at a coffee washing station like the one we visited, a the farmers, about 300 farmers bring their cherries, they're depulped, they're washed in some cases, they're then dried. There's about 70 other support staff there that would be drying the coffee beans over the next four to five days. They then go to another process called hulling where they take off the shell on the outside, the beans are polished. And it's usually there that you have a green coffee bean that is exported as a commodity to Europe. So 99.9% of the coffee you've ever had is roasted in Europe. And of all of that added value, you know, about 85% of the value of a bag of coffee is in roasting, in packaging, in branding. By doing that in Ethiopia, by doing that roasting there, we, we have 60 uh, of our team in Addis Ababa in the capital, where our roastery is, that are supported by this. That gives a big impact in terms of foreign currency staying in the country, but also in, in, in terms of those jobs, that expertise in creating new supply chains and local supply chains. Uh, we always talk about the example of the French don't export grapes, they export a branded Cote de Rhone and, you know, or another wine. And I think that's really key to, to the coffee industry and changing how we think about it. You're a real outlier here because most of the coffee in the world is exported. You, you mentioned about that fermentation where if the cherries go too ripe, they lose their taste or whatever. But before that is when most of the world receives coffee. They receive it when it's green, so it's not red. Is that right? No, well, they'd actually receive it. Those first initial steps at the washing stations would happen. But when the bean has been dried and it's called what is called a green bean, so the seed inside the cherry uh, when that's been dried and initially processed, it's then that it's exported around the world, usually in slow freight. And, you know, there's been a great movement in Ireland in terms of speciality coffee and local roasters. And really, we're, we're not really focusing on them or opening them up to criticism. And in a lot of ways, they're buying direct trade from farmers. They're trying to improve the quality of coffee. Coffee is still largely controlled by five multinationals who roast 70% of the world's coffee. And they take it after the initial processing as a green bean, roasted in industrial scale uh, in Europe. Uh, in many cases, they're not looking at quality. They're looking at extracting the most amount of value and profit from it, uh, all while more and more of that value is being taken from, from countries like Ethiopia. Okay, so, th so that's making more sense to me now. So, so the problem that you see is actually is a trust problem. So somebody could be a roastery in Ireland could be buying coffee beans but it, it's really relying on a trust factor of the intermediary the middleman from whom the coffee comes and without knowing the true provenance of that they don't really know what the journey has been to get that coffee to them exactly and i think it's it's why initially in the 80s initiatives like like fair trade were were set up to try and counter that problem and in many ways it's admirable it's raised a lot of awareness it's tried to pay premiums when large multinationals weren't even considering that. But I suppose there's still a darkness to the industry. It's still an industry where there's a lot of middlemen, where we're not really seeing that provenance. Um, and I think that's where blockchain can really be exciting, uh, can really show exactly what's going on in the chain of production. And it's why I, I'm very excited about the project we've, we've just started. Tell us then about that solution. So 
essentially it's peer to peer. So with all blockchain, and you mentioned the, the interview with Don Tapscott or any we've done on blockchain, it removes the middleman, but it also adds trust. So you know actually where you're you're getting it from. It's all marked on a ledger. It's all open. So the whole you know it's transparent. But how yeah, does, exactly. How, how does that work in your world, in the coffee world? We've teamed up and are Dutch partners with a US technology company called Bex360. They're on the same page in that they're trying to use technology to have a radical impact in, in the developing world. What they've put together is this initial blockchain pilot for this year, where at the coffee washing station where the coffee cherries are, are, um, are being presented, you can right now in real time see the payments going through to, to, to our farmers. So if, if someone's listening to this, they can type in, uh, they can go to fairchain.org and click on blockchain and they'll see photos of our farmers. They'll see the kilos of cherries they brought today to the washing station. They'll see what the market price is for those, that kilo of cherries and what the premium is we're paying them. Um, and then over the coming weeks, as those coffee cherries um, are traveling through the supply chain, they've been assigned crypto tokens and they will um, show what value is being added, what payments are being made. And then eventually it'll show the impact of roasting by the end of the year in Addis um, with the ultimate aim uh, of next April when this coffee arrives in, in Europe, our office customers, our retail customers or our online subscribers will be able to see exactly where, where their coffee bag came from, which washing station it went back to, what the farmers were paid, what the roasters were paid, what, what went on in the supply chain. Brilliant. So you guys are really far ahead of the game here. And hopefully, if this is your, your vision or not, you know, you may be acquired by one of the big players purely for the ecosystem you've built, not only yeah. the quality of your coffee, but also the business model, the foresight you've had, etc. It's only going to get better in, in the next year. I mean, Bex360 have a really, they have a machine vision, artificial intelligence robot for analyzing, for analyzing the cherries where it'll take photos of each coffee cherry and is able to better show the quality from the beginning, analyze the quality of it. It'll then make a reading and will be able to make a direct mobile payment to a farmer. So they're trialing that at the moment. We're hoping to have it in Ethiopia next year for the coffee harvest. So it really can only improve the transparency. And I mean, the ultimate aim that we'd love is we're, we're talking to, at the moment, we're preparing our impact reports for, uh, for the companies we work with, the office companies we work with. Groupon being a great example, who've been really supportive of, of Fairchain. And we'll be able to show them, this is where each bag of coffee came from. You have a scanner code on the side of the bag or on your mug, and you can say, wow, my cup of coffee went back to this farmer, went back to these roasters. Here's the number of people we supported in Ethiopia. Here's the extra income that stayed because of the added value we, we did in roasting. You know, and even things like um, the number of football fields of, of protected coffee forests that, that were saved because of what we were doing. So I think that could be really revolutionary. I think it really fits in with the food problems movement, as I said. And it has the ability to, to work in, in a whole other group of, of, of industries within food and beverages as well. You mentioned, Shane, before, you know, we were talking off air about an office like that. So you, you land a big contract, one of the big agencies or someone like Groupon, and that can actually feed an area in, in Ethiopia for an entire year. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Because that, that story and that vision and that understanding of both the provenance, but also 
the payback to society that by buying the coffee via you using the blockchain, what you can give back. The coffee washing station we visited in in, in Limu outside Jima, I think it handles about 45,000 kilos of, of cherries a year. And that supports an entire community. It supports about 300 farmers, as I said, 70 support staff, mainly, mainly women. Um, most of the farmers have about five children on average. And then there's about 60 people in the roastery. There's other people in the other parts of processing. So we know a large company uh, like Groupon, for an example, they, they think they drink about 6 million cups of coffee a year, as I was saying off air. And they would support about 2,300 people in Ethiopia directly if, if they went fully fair chain. And the ability for uh, a large multinational to do that, we're big fans of, of, of shared value. I think the days of CSR and ticking the boxes are numbered, I think. The way consumers are looking, they don't want small volunteer projects. They want to see big impact. They want to see businesses, all businesses be social businesses. So I think this is a way for an office to to have a real a real radical impact in developing countries. And it doesn't have to just be Ethiopia. There's, this is the same problem right along the coffee belt, which runs largely around the equator. The majority of people live on about two euro a day. And they have been squeezed over the last 30 years. And now they rely on development aid rather than the amazing products they're, they're, they're making. So I really, really see a lot of uh, potential in it for Irish companies to be linked with different washing stations, with a different roastery, with cafe to be linked to a different roastery. So it's, it's, uh, there's a lot of potential there. Nice, man. And, and one last question then is, you mentioned companies like Groupon. Where can people get in touch? Because I'm sure people will listen to the show and like to get your coffee because of this provenance solution. You can learn more about the work myself and Killian are doing on moyecoffee.ie. That's M-O-Y-E-E. So moye is an Ethiopian word, actually, while, I, while I'm here. It's an Amharic word for a large uh, pestle and mortar for grinding the coffee, traditional coffee grinder. And that's an important part of our brand as well, that it's it's presenting a different image of Africa, of Ethiopia, a more modern image. You can email us on hello at moyecoffee.ie or, or drop us a line from the website and we'd, uh, we'd love to come and talk more about Fairchain and the impact a, a company could have. Well, that's brilliant, Shane. Shane Riley, co-founder of Moye Coffee. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Aidan. Thanks, Mill.